Welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Anne Louise Gittleman is a New York Times bestselling author of over 37 books on diet, detox, the environment, and women's health. For more than four decades, Anne Louise has been regarded as a leading voice and visionary in nutrition and who has fearlessly stood on the front lines of holistic and integrative medicine. For more information, check out annlouise.com. That's A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-E.com. And here's your host, Anne Louise Gittleman. Hi, everyone. Anne Louise Gittleman here for First Lady of Nutrition, and everybody's talking about intermittent fasting. So I called upon one of the loveliest, most in tune gals I know that is very involved with intermittent fasting for women. She is Lori Lewis, and she's my guest today. Do not fail to write to read all my books on intermittent fasting, including Fat Flush, Fast Track and Radical Metabolism. Thank you so kindly. And here's Lori Lewis. Lori Lewis, why is intermittent fasting such a big thing these days? Why is it the newest, greatest obesity theory? Mm, what a great question. I think people want to feel better. And we are always on a quest and on a hunt for what's going to have us feel well and keep our doctors happy and have us look good. And there's certainly a craze for uh, looking younger. Um, and so people, human beings are naturally on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. But I think that what is speaking to people and having and touching people's hearts so much and having people uh, stand from the mountaintop and talk about the advantages and the power and the benefits of pausing from eating and eating later in an eating window is that one, people feel so well, good energy, clear, strong, focused, productive, improving our health numbers, restoring our natural weight, balancing our hormones. But I think that's because it matches our human physiology, the design. It has integrity to pause from eating. That's actually what works. Like we wouldn't forego sleep. I know most people are sleep deprived, but pretty much everybody's getting sleep consistently, even if it's not enough. And fasting is the same. It's just, we didn't know. Our, the design of our bodies is to pause and rest and heal and repair and eat delicious, nutritious food later. But can this and, be healthy for everybody, Lori? Well, that's where the customization comes in. So people are like, well, it's not for everybody, but let's look. Human beings are designed, all people, to let's bring sleep back into it. We're fasting when we're sleeping, as long as you're not waking up drinking sugary drinks and so forth, okay? So for, mo for seven to eight hours, most people are fasting when we're asleep. Then you tack on a few hours, before bed, drinking plain water. You tack a few hours on to after your wake up time, drinking plain unflavored water, drinking plain black coffee, and boom, you fasted 12 hours, maybe 14. And so is it for everyone? Yes, every person's body, even if you're type one diabetic, work with your doctor and your insulin management. And there are just, there are just countless, um, examples of people who have restored their health and feel so much better by discovering for themselves what pattern of eating and fasting each day works well 
for them. So there's a concept of autophagy. Would you explain that to my listeners in simplistic terms? What the heck is autophagy? Oh, I love it so much. It's okay. So you know when you have your dirty old junky car and you take it in to be detailed, which is like the the amazing cleanup. It's not just going through the car wash. Like the, <laughs> these people like take your car for three hours and give it back to you and it's all shiny new and you can't even believe it's the same car. It looks like you just bought it off the lot. That's what happens to each cell in the body with autophagy and um, it's a deep cellular cleanup. So we have old junky proteins in our cells and when we're in a fasted state, autophagy ramps up, upregulates dramatically. And this is in tandem with an increase in human growth hormone production, an increase in body fat, you know, fueling on our body fat. And the autophagy is a deep cellular cleanup. And this is why people who are intermittent fasting, even if they haven't lost a pound, okay? So some people don't have any weight to lose, but it's helpful and helpful to pause from eating and people, skin gets smoother and eyes get brighter. So if you want to be an intermittent faster to look younger and look better, even if that's your only motivation, it's uh, due to autophagy, that deep cellular cleanup that uh, and recycling, kind of upcycling what we already have on board um, to use for nutrients and fuel and energy. Autophagy. So this is an anti-aging, uh, anti-aging uh, strategy, would you say? Well, I have a, I bristle with the words anti-aging. <laughs> it's a pro-aging, it's a pro-healthy yeah, aging That's right. I mean, we are each individual getting older by the minute. And, uh, you know, all the, Lori Lewis. <laughs> all the longevity experts are actually pushing to have the idea of aging be categorized as a disease because it is possible to get older, which we all are inevitably that, you know, the earth is spinning around the sun, <laughs> but it is possible to age, uh, feeling vibrant, strong, flexible, balanced, bright, focused, productive, sharp. That is possible. And sure. fasting is an ingredient in that. Why do you think it's so helpful for women? Well, for my, in my own experience, we'll start, use that as a starting point. I, um, started studying nutrition in my late twenties as a personal passion not my occupation. And when I was in my early 40s, I felt amazing. I was lean and fit and running marathons and eating delicious, healthful, nutritious food. I never wanted to be the food police. And when I hit perimenopause, it suddenly, it seemed obvious to me I was in perimenopause, but I didn't know what that was at age 44. And I suffered for about five years and I couldn't wait for my period to stop and to go into menopause. And when that happened early for me, 49, the average is about 51, 52, um, I suddenly gained 50 pounds in menopause. And like I said, I was a super healthy eater and fit. And so to put on that amount of weight was an indication to me that my hormones were in chaos, out of balance. but nothing I tried worked, nothing I did make a difference. 
So my story doesn't match every woman, but what I do know about women is that, uh, and each person, man or woman, is that we have over 80 hormones and they are a network, like a hierarchy of little chemical communicators and they all have a job. And insulin is a very important one. Cortisol, of course, are sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone. And when we are fasting, we are in repair. And those hormones, like the hunger hormones, ghrelin and satiety hormones, leptin, start to get clear and do their job and hear one another and perform in balance. And so, I am here to report for myself and the thousands of people I've coached that we don't want intermittent fasting to be a hard push, a struggle, you know, raising chronically stress, uh, raising cortisol. Now, cortisol does go up when we're exercising. Cortisol can go up in a moment of challenge, but that's not a chronically hard struggle push. So we want to discover the fasting and eating schedule that has us feel amazing, that just feels delicious and nourishing and peaceful and focused and therefore balance our hormones and get out of that chaotic experience of not feeling like ourselves, especially in perimenopause and postmenopause. Most women report that they don't feel like themselves anymore and they don't feel well with brain fog and um, memory loss and so forth. What about younger women? Mm, well, women, women with PCOS and hormonal challenges and fertility and being out of sync with our cycle. And so, um, like I said, in a pro when we approach our fasting regimen and the eating window as a nourishing, nurturing, taking really good care of ourselves. I always say it's not a diet, it's a quiet. Are there moments when it can be a stretch when we're focused and we're getting through a hunger wave and the anticipation of delicious food later? Absolutely. But uh, all women, whether they are 22, or 42 or 72 or 102 will benefit from this deliberate, conscious, nurturing pause. But how old can you be to start? Can you be 11, 10, nine? Well, we live in a society where uh, children are not taught um, a positive relationship with food and we live in a society where food is in total abundance and we live in a snack culture. So if you think about our ancestors, um, food was not available and people found food. <laughs> people had to find their food and people did not have a relationship with food where there was a comfort and a soothing and a dealing with emotion with food. And so to answer your question, I think parents need to be very careful and not put their child on a fasting regimen that children can be taught to eat when they're hungry. Most people are not tuned into what actual hunger is. So um, I would say, no, do not put a child or a teenager on a fasting regimen. 
However, I think that many people can look back to when they were a teenager. I can think back to my own self. I was never hungry for breakfast. I didn't want to eat it. The uh, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I say in quotes was invented by Kellogg's. There's no, it's medical mythology. There's no truth to it. So human beings have evolved to when they experience hunger to go find food, which we would in most of human history that we ate later. <laughs> and so I remember being a teenager and not being hungry for breakfast, oftentimes not being hungry for lunch. I just didn't feel like eating. And much of my teenage years, I ate a nice giant dinner with my family. We didn't eat after dinner. Dinner was over when dinner was over. And um, so I ate when I was hungry when I was a teenager. And I think a lot of us were like that. And th I didn't have dieting on my mind. I just wasn't hungry and then I was. So I recommend that if a young woman or a young person is tuning in to hunger and not hunger and fueling themselves well and eating nutritious food and not running, snacking on the go, it's really important for a person to put food on a plate, give yourself a break, have a seat. What about the, the what about the elderly? Well, same thing. I have a client who actually runs a nursing home and I, she and I have been working together for a year. She really was uncertain that she could um, uh, overcome her sugar addiction because most people, especially in an elder care environment, have sugar around them constantly and sugar is a prize sugar is a reward again i'm not the food police step one i use intermittent fasting as a foundation to quiet the noise and discover for each individual the healing and repair that's available in the fasting hours and then eat nourishing food later and one of the outcomes of that is the clarity that some of these foods that we're eating aren't serving us and actually make us feel unwell and that and people discover that through them themselves through their fasting regimen so if an older person can wake up in the morning drink plain water plain unflavored water drink a black coffee if you like coffee you don't have to have coffee or if you like tea drink a plain black or plain green uh, bitter tea and wait a little later to add the nutrition, if each person can wait 12 hours. So let's say today you decide to stop eating at eight or six or midnight, like whatever you, you get to say. And um, you add 12 hours and you consciously, deliberately, peacefully uh, be aware of those fasting hours within a 12 hour period. Again, you're hopefully asleep for seven or eight of it. Um, that 12 hours has been proven. There's a Dr. Sachin Panda from uh, the Salk Institute. He's a circadian rhythm expert. And that 12 hour rest and repair is really a gift to your body. And then if you feel like you have some health markers to improve, some mental cognition, some sharpness that you'd like to have, some focus, some, some uh, stamina, some ment again, mental clarity, you can stretch those fasting hours a bit. Some people move to 16 hour fast and an eight hour eating window. 
and feel really well there. Other people feel very well with a snack and a meal in a four hour eating window and fasting 20 hours a day. And some people think, my goodness, I can never do that. That's extreme. I'm not even suggesting that. I'm saying start with 12, stretch it, stretch it, see how you feel, eat two meals and a snack maybe in a seven or eight hour eating window, see how you feel. And it doesn't have to be the same every day. It's helpful to have it consistent for about the first month so you can get into being fat adapted, burning your own body fat for fuel, which is really great feeling. Um, but so all ages, when people are shifting away from diet culture and diet mindset and trying to be good and and this is all about feeling well. So I say this isn't about being good. It's about feeling good, which I know is bad English, but <laughs> it's about me. It's about feeling well. Um, that's the Lori, don't you barometer. just start circulating? You're using fat for fuel, and there are a lot of fat-soluble toxins. So they start disintegrating and relocating. Don't you have to make sure your liver and kidneys are in good shape before you do long-term fasting? Hi, my friends. Before I go any further, let me take a moment to, to acknowledge my sponsor, Unikey Health at UnikeyHealth.com, which is your universal key to health since 1992. I have been a spokesperson for this company for over 30 years. They're the home of all my weight loss plans, the Fat Blasting Bio Builder, which has been featured in national magazines. They also carry the ultimate brain support and the magnesium multitasker. So whether it's weight loss, internal cleansing, or just targeted health support, go to unikeyhealth.com. Tell them Anne Louise sent you. Oh, yes. Well, I'm not, I'm to me, there's a difference between long therapeutic fasting and a daily fasting regimen. And when a person starts gently with a 12, 12, you know, you take the 24 hour period of the 24 hour day and divide it into two chunks, your fasting hours and your eating window. And the, of you know, all our organs are in repair, our brain, our heart, our lungs, you know, inflammation, our liver, our kidneys, when we're our gut, when we're in a fasted state and our skin. So when a person starts gently, again, and being focused on having it be a nurturing and nourishing and gentle fasting time and anticipating and looking forward to the delicious food you're eating later, you're restoring your liver, not damaging it. And yes, when fat cells open up and release the fat and the fat goes through our bloodstream and through our liver and transforms into ketones, which fuel our brain. There's a nice, bright, clean energy that comes from that. It's gradual. So what about people with medication, people taking mm. medication, should they fast? So it depends. Yes, absolutely. So each person you can think is lowering inflammation, boosting immunity, putting our body into a state of repair when we're in a fasted state. And I um, have countless clients, what, you know, blood pressure medication, thyroid, statins, you name it, who then in, within the framework of their daily fasting regimen, then are feeling better and work with their physicians to lower or sometimes eliminate, you know, people get off metformin and so it's just, the list is long. So this is a opportunity to heal 
each day and feel better. And if a person is taking medication at a particular time, you definitely take it as prescribed. And if you're taking a medication that you need to take with food, then you either ask your doctor, you figured out when your eating window is and you have that medication in your eating window, or if it's at a particular time that is your that are your fasting hours, you can take it with a bite of fat. The fat uh, helps buffer the medication and fat has the lowest rise in insulin. So you just take your medication and carry on. Yep. What about 24 hour fasting, water fasting, 48 hours? Um, well, two hours. Is that healthy for most people? It's again, it's a personal, you know, where are you starting and what are your goals? Dr. Jason Fung, who uh, you may know, is a, a kidney doctor, a nephrologist in Canada who was really disheartened to say the least at the number of his kidney patients who were coming with uh, issues from type 2 diabetes and he thought well if we can heal and reverse this type 2 diabetes then i won't have so many kidney patients so in his clinic in toronto he starts most patients on a 36 12 which means a full full day you know two nights full day fast a 36 hour water fast with a 12 hour up. So we call that a down day, a fasting day, followed by an up day and eating day. So can a person, you know, who's in dire need of healing, start with a, as many might perceive that to be an extreme schedule? Yes, but again, uh, I prefer, I recommend that people start gradually and settle into what I call your fasting sweet spot that has you feel so well. So are there health benefits to a 24 hour fast, like a dinner to dinner fast? Are there health benefits to an alternate day fasting, like a 36, 12? Yes. Are there benefits to a three day, 72 hour fast? Yes. But does that mean that everyone should do it? No, this is not the fasting Olympics. This is not a competition. This is each individual tuning in to what their body needs and the healing ahead of them and choosing a gradual approach or a rip the bandaid off approach. And what I love is the opportunity to do that in community with a friend or with a coach or with people who have done it before, people who will listen to you, people who will advise you. And um, this is the most natural thing for a person to do. Like I said, it's like sleep. We just didn't know. But it, it does go against the grain of our society, the abundance of food that we have around us. And as I said, the medical mythology that should, we should be eating all the time because our body is designed to fuel on the, to, to fuel on the fuel that we actually have on board. Our fat is there to be used as fuel. So, so what if you have low blood sugar? Oh, well, some people like are in population. I'm a low blood sugar person. I've written about fasting for years. I can't fast long periods of time. I feel very woozy. Yes. Low blood count, low blood sodium. So what do you do for individuals like me? And there are tons of us out there. So what do you, okay. So if you were my 
client or we were having a conversation, I would ask you first, what time, Anne Louise, do you feel good uh, finishing up your food at the end of the day? When do you feel good stopping eating and dis and stopping any flavored drinks? What time, just you can pick any time that feels right to you. 10 in the morning. Oh, at the end of the day. I would start at the end of the day. What time would you five like to in, Five in the afternoon. Five, great. Now, some people are like, oh, I'm a shift worker. Like I eat my last, I feel good eating up till 11 p.m. Like whatever each individual chooses, whatever time. So five for you. Great. So after that, you drink plain water, you sleep, you wake up in the morning, you drink plain water. Do you drink coffee or tea? Not really. I yeah. drink, okay. I've read a book called Fat Flush. I drink cran Yes. So Great. I'm a cran water fanatic. Mm, I don't like yes. a lot of teas. I don't like the Floridan teas and I'm not a coffee drinker per se. Great. So could you wait to have any of your flavors or nutrients until five or 6 a.m.? No. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. No, I'm obstinate. So if a person goes gradually, you will eventually shift use the sugar in your blood, use the stored glycogen in your liver and shift into fat burning at about 12 or 13 hours fasted. So you do, mm -hmm. if you start gradually, have the potential of shifting into that high regulated, uh, upregulated autophagy state and fueling on your own body fat. If you can push the flavors and nutrients out 12, 13, 14 hours. So fasting has become a thing since Jason Fung's book, would you say, Lori? Well, yeah, the obesity code and the diabetes code were incredibly very, helpful. Very but Dr. Bert Herring wrote an incredible book called The Fast Five. He was a was a metabolism expert at the, the National Institutes of Health, and he discovered for himself and his wife, who's also a physician, that they felt so much better fasting 19 hours a day, eating two meals in a five hour eating window. So his book was oh called God. The Fast Five. <laughs> and then he wrote a book called AC, The Power of Appetite Correction. And, you know, fasting, you know, Upton Sinclair wrote a book about long term therapeutic fasting well, well over 100 years ago in the early 1900s. Yeah. Yeah, but this idea of intermittent fasting, which is a medical term used in research on animals, so intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating or time-restricted feeding has, you know, for a long time been used in research, and um, I think that now it's become, yes, absolutely popularized since 2016, 2017. It's extremely popular. Of yeah. course, I wrote about it in 2005. I've always been about 20 years ahead of everybody. Yes. And I was on 2020, wonderfully ambushed about my fasting, obesogens, and chemicals, and food that make us fat. So times have truly changed. It's amazing what goes on. If you wait long enough, coffee is now good for you. Sugar, God willing, will always be bad. Fat hmm. is where it's at. It's very interesting how what is old is new and what new is old. So what do you see the future of fasting to be? Well, my fantasy, Anne Louise, is that each person, uh, you know, wakes up in the morning and is like, mm, when's my eating window today? Right. So it is something that we always do. We're aware of, you know, when we like to go to sleep, we're aware of when we 
what our eating window would be that has us feel our best, reach our health goals, work with our social life, our family, our commute and our, our fitness and so forth. And that we have, it's so natural for human beings to be aware of healing and putting our bodies into a state of repair and fasting each day and then eating in an eating window that we would say to each other, you know, when are you eating today? When's your eating window today? And that when we hand each other, you know, a, a muffin in the morning at the office, it's like, oh, wait, is your eating window open yet? It's like, oh, no, I'll take it. That looks delicious. I'll eat it later when my eating window opens so that it just become as natural and as accepted as breathing that each person decides for themselves when they'll be eating today. And we don't just have to eat from emotion and we don't have to eat out of reaction and we don't have to eat because it's there that we're tuned in to our own hunger and feeling well. And so each, if, yeah. if you take a boatload of vitamins, as I do, I write about them, I promote them, I represent them. I yes. take 100 vitamins a day, let's say. Mm. I have to divide that into three or four meals a day. Can you take your vitamins or let's say medication on an empty stomach and during the uneating window? Well, in my view, those vitamins are nutrients. So when we are in a fasted state, our desire is to get all the healing benefits and repair from that digestive rest, that hormonal rest. And so taking in any nutrients will enliven, you know, get the digestion going. So I would say if you discover for yourself the eating window that has you feel your best and reach your health goals, that have taking those nutrients, those vitamins in your eating window will give you the full a fuller benefit of the fasting hours good answer who shouldn't fast aren't, aren't there people mm. that really shouldn't fast people with pregnant women God forbid they have liver issues right so work with your doctor and say let's say that you want to practice and taking advantage of those healing hours of repair of fasting and resting from digestion and balancing your hormones, that you talk to your physician and, and say that you'd like to inch up to a 12-12 or you'd like to have a 10-hour eating window where you're fasting 14 hours a day and eating three meals in 10 hours. Now that may not help you reach your weight goals <laughs> if a person has a considerable amount of excess fat that they like to or need to reduce, but um, I really believe that a person, uh, the only people in my estimation who absolutely should not have a fasting schedule are pregnant women, women who are breastfeeding. Mm, and yeah. They're the ones that always want to fast, by the way. That's the right. Breastfeeding women. It's very interesting. So where do people find you, Lori Lewis? If they want to connect with you. Where can my listeners tune in and find you? My business is Fast Forward Wellness. So it's fastforwardwellness.com. And I love hearing from people. And I'm very happy if the this these ideas and and what I've shared and, and my methodology resonates with someone, please write to me from my website. And I'd love to schedule a 15 minute free consultation where it's not a sales pitch. I'm actually listening and supporting people. And if you wanna work with me, of course, I'm available for one-on-one -on -one and group coaching and my year long membership. It's, it's just um, 
an honor to listen to people and lift people up and have so many people feeling better. And you're currently, tell me again where you are. I live in Portland, Oregon, but I was raised in Colorado. I lived in New York City for 25 years. So you're on years, West, so. West Coast time, yeah. PST. Yeah. But I have clients in Kuwait and New Zealand. And so wherever you are in the world, I'd <laughs> love to work with you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for being my guest. Any parting words, Lori? Oh, it's just such an honor to meet you and be with you and and um, to think about your listeners. And um, the most important thing is that we be people. We know ourselves as people who care about taking really good care of ourselves. And um, I appreciate so much that you are committed to that. Amen. And let us say amen and fast forward, fast, fasting forward. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Anne Louise. I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in yet once again to First Lady of Nutrition. We're tracking all over the world now, my friends. We were number seven in Norway last week, and we're number 108 in the USA. So keep listening. Leave us a review. Have a beautiful week full of health, happiness, the right kind of intermittent fasting, and shalom. Shalom uvracha, my dear friends. Please don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.